Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Trisha Bagsby. Yes, it's her second time here because she's crazy awesome. Trisha is a MedArt Endowed Chair in Family Business at St. Louis University. She is also planning Be Heard, a Women in Leadership Conference that focuses on topics of personal effectiveness, communication barriers, and solutions for amplifying female voices. Oh, Gosh yes. darn, I want to be a part of it. Oh, and I am. So I'm very excited about this. And this is April 8th. April 8th, yes. And oh. we are so excited and we're so excited that you're a part of it. Oh my gosh, I get to MC it. So I, yeah. I feel like beyond honored that I get to MC and, and then like introduce all these amazing women. Well, and we're honored that you'll be introducing them. So it's, you are a part of the amazing women lineup. It's it's so (laughs) fun. I mean, to me, that is like, I mean, I love showcasing awesomeness, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I do at TEDx. I love being the person going, and now this awesome thing is going to happen, you know? And so to be able to do this and have the women that you have found to put in place for this is crazy. Oh, it's amazing. I'm so excited about the lineup of of speakers, our breakout speakers. We're even going to have like women doing research for women in the workplace. Nice. We are looking at this from as many different angles as we can, which is super exciting to me because I feel like not only are we trying to amplify female voices, but we're trying to be as inclusive as we possibly can. Right. Right. It is geared towards women in leadership, but it is arms open wide, come be a part of this conversation. Well, because it's a conversation we should all have. And I mean, it's a conversation that's been going on, but it still isn't quite there yet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a older individual, um, you know, I mean, I dealt with it when I was in the corporate world. Yeah, absolutely. So there were men in the corporate world that were like advocates, Mm -hmm. right? But that was few and far between. And and I think that my tiny little stint in the corporate world, which told me this is not for you. <laughs> <laughs> you you must Served move its on from this. <laughs> um, but I just remember feeling like and I was I was um, in the marketing department. And before I finally got to manage the marketing department, well, I was a manager of the marketing department, but I, I never got to be a director. Instead, what they kept doing was they kept like, if there was a person and they didn't know what to do with them, this is what it felt like. There's, we don't know what to do with this person. Let's have them be the director of marketing. Oh. Now, our original <laughs> marketing director was a woman and she was amazing. After that, I just kept getting these random men who didn't even know what marketing was. And I was like, this is very frustrating mm-hmm. and I don't like this and I have to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And in some ways it's like, oh, well, you're such a good employee. You're basically self-sufficient. So we could put anybody that you... <laughs> That's, but you don't get the pay. Right. 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 And so, yeah. So oh, you'll yeah. handle it. She's great at what she does, but, you know, not director material because she's so wacky. Mm. You know what I mean? And yeah. Very limited viewpoint of what that fills that role. I think right? so. I think being a non-traditional type of person, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, I mean, it definitely was the kind of company I felt like they had a some kind of a little machine that was just pumping out these 
groups of people that were kind of all look the same. I'm like, what? we, okay. Yeah. Like, here's what success looks like here. Mm-hmm. And because for various reasons, women don't always have that very linear experience that men can have in the workplace. You don't always fit that mold, right? You might have a couple years you took off or, right. you know, you might yeah. be, you know, have had part-time roles and then, you know, just kind of shifted in the ways that you um, did your timeline, but also the way that women approach work can be very different. And we've seen that in the research and we've been talking about it. You know, yes. I think every woman has some kind of story oh, yeah. about feeling like they weren't heard or they were misheard or in some ways their words were used against them. And that's really, it's common. And the the one I experienced was I said something and everybody like, it didn't have any impact. And then a month later, later it came out of mm. some guy's mouth and all of a sudden it was an amazing idea. And I'm like, well, <laughs> that was my amazing idea a month ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that, that's another one we hear a lot too, right? It's like, well, until a male figure in the room says it, it's kind of like, oh, okay, if it's even acknowledged. Right. Right. Because sometimes it's like, am I just screaming into the void here? <laughs> um, and sometimes am I it's crazy? like... crazy? I like have... I mean, you have like 87 degrees at this point, you know? <laughs> and so it's like, Trisha knows what she's talking about. She has... She's highly educated about this, you know? But I love that this is... I love that this is being brought to the forefront for this yeah. particular conference. And I think it's crazy important. And I think that there's... So I happen to know one of your speakers very well, Leilani Carver, yes. who was also Leilani. a TEDx speaker. Mm-hmm. And and she, this is her thing. Mm-hmm. She talks about here's how you are, here are the things you can do so you really are heard. Yes. And for the folks who didn't attend that event, the TEDx um, St. Louis event where Leilani, like everyone should Google that. And, oh my and gosh, watch it's it. such a great So talk. amazing. And that really, um, two things set the tone. Here, you know, there's the things that you initially put in place and then you get to build around it. Two things, our keynote speaker, and I'll talk about her, and then Leilani. And Leilani has this amazing way of taking these topics we've been talking about for what feels like forever. Like, okay, folks, we understand right. that there's a difference in the workplace or that we don't hear, feel heard. Right. But what are we going to do about it? And that's what I love about what Dr. Carver does because she is, here's the practical things. Here's yeah. what you, even like, what you could do with your you face. You can put into place, <laughs> right? Yeah. What to do with your face. How yeah. do you, how, how to stand. I mean, right. Practical things mm-hmm. in even an app. Yep. Right. The, the app for Gmail that tells you when you always are sounding too apologetic or, and that app changed my life. I didn't realize how many Great times tip. like, oh, I am so sorry. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, after she said that, I'm like, I do that all the time. I apologize. And I'm like, why? Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry about that. I'm not sorry. I, I, I just, you know. No. It's not that. You don't need to apologize for things that you don't need to apologize for. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and, you know, in a lot of ways, um, we get a lot of signals, you know, in our environments as we're growing up in society. And for the most part, right, these are generalities. These are r- rules of averages. So not everybody fits into it. But for the most part, women are taught to apologize yeah, and to not get, not seem aggressive or not take up space or not, you know, these are signals that we get whether directly or indirectly. And that's one of them, that our speech patterns tend to fall into that more 
um, apologetic or submissive kind of tone. Right. And that one tip of instead of saying, I'm sorry, it's flip it around to thank you for your patience or thank you for or I appreciate because really that's what you're looking for. And it's controlling the narrative. Right. When we put all that out there, I'm sorry for like, oh, well, she has something to be sorry for. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she's always got something to be sorry for that one. Yeah. I mean, you know, so it's I it was I mean, that talk really did change a lot of things for myself. And I have to think it has to change things for other women Mm -hmm. because it's just I didn't even know. I didn't even realize that wasn't in my awareness. Right. Now it's in my awareness. I am now no longer going to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's not about changing women to fit that mold. Remember that like pumping out the same person kind of mold. It's instead giving us the tools to increase our effectiveness. It's learning the uh, lay of the land. It's learning the environment in a way that you get the, it's like personal hacks. You know, just that little change makes such a big difference in how other people receive you. Right. And then you can go farther with that communication and there's less barriers and things like that. So it's not change you as a person and you saying, thank you for your patience instead of I'm sorry for the wait or whatever it might have been. That doesn't change you, but it does have an impact on the person who's receiving the message. Right. You know, so I think that's the important part of all of this is this, you know, empowering women to know these things Little little things that might make that difference for them, but then to take it on and own it for themselves, right? And then, and it makes you feel like you have a bit more control over what's happening around you. Which I know there's no such thing as controlling everything that happens around you. True, but there <laughs> you there are things you can do that just like level up. Yes, so absolutely, yeah. So Leilani Carver is going to be amazing. And we have our keynote is really cool. Can I talk about our keynote? Yes, absolutely. So Megan Gearhart, she's um, she's a professor at Miami of Ohio, and she wrote the book Gentelligence, which is about communication with the different generations in the workplace. And that is such a big, important so topic. So important. Yes. So important. Because that's, that's what it is right now, right? We've got all kinds of different generations. And whether or not you believe that there's generational conflicts, some people don't believe that that's a con- like different generation. There is. And it's in even, so I often ask my daughter, I'll mm-hmm. say, if you ever see me do something or say something that it's like, that's no longer cool. Mm-hmm. Realize <laughs> I'm old. So just, you know, like I'm, I'm, I've been, I've been in the workplace in a certain way for a long time. Like bring it up to me yeah. that that isn't cool, mom, because mm-hmm. I don't want to offend people. I want to be hip and up on it. So tell me. Yeah. And use those resources around you. I love that you have your daughter for that. Yeah. Right. 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 My, my daughter's 12. Well, one of my daughters. And so I'm trying to use them as my little, you know, focus group as well. Right. But I also get to teach college classes. Ooh, that will tell you how uncool you are real fast. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the jokes I try to make, and They're I think like, I'm super oh, funny when I'm teaching. Not so, funny yeah. at all. <laughs> there are times I'm like, well, that one's run its course. <laughs> but it's the same thing. You kind of have to like, in, no matter what it is, and it's not looking at somebody outwardly and saying, oh, they look like they're in this generation, therefore, right. this is how I interact yes. with them. It's not that at all. It's a lot of... Um, emotional intelligence and situational leadership and reading the room. (laughs) Right. But more than that, it's learning how to talk to one another. And it's a skill. Asking questions is a skill. You know this. Oh, yes. This is like... This is what we're doing right now. Your bread and butter, right? Right. (laughs) This is like your thing, right? Asking good questions, really listening. Ooh, yeah. 
we need to teach people how to listen. That's a tough one for some people. It can be. And how to take some of those biases away, not add them from the generational conversation. Right. So just looking at somebody and saying, oh, they're, you know, whatever generation it is, the baby boomer, they won't love technology. That is not always the case. Not true. And but and then you have you know because my like my parents are a little uncomfortable with technology sometimes and so I'm the I'm the IT I'm like you know tech technology support for them <laughs> but um but it's not that they don't want to they want to know yeah it's just not a part of their daily existence right. they're not using technology all the time mm-hmm. like and so. It, it takes somebody in their world to say, let me help you out with this. Let me get yeah. this done for you. Here's what this means. This is why you do it this way. And my mom will be like, I feel so dumb. I'm like, mom, it's okay. It, don't feel dumb. Let me just, you know, if you if I have to explain to you three different times just because you don't do it very often. Yeah. That's okay. That's normal. That's learning anything. And I like to think of technology as a language mainly because... I'm not great with it, and I wasn't great with <laughs> learning other languages. Um, but, you know, I think of this, for example, my mom loves tech and loves to be, like, she knows what's next. Like, she always knows this stuff way before I do because she's interested in it and she wants to dig in. Right. And I, not that I'm not interested in it, but, like, meh. You know, really that care. seems hard. And I have other <laughs> hard things. So maybe I just won't do that hard thing. You know, but my kids who grew up with it. Right. You know, they know how to navigate tablets as if it's something that they were innately born with because it's always been and in their world. can text crazy fast. Oh, my gosh. Crazy, crazy fast, fast texting. Like, how do I'm fingers so move that jealous. fast? I'm so jealous. My daughter's like, yes. I'm like, huh. I wish I could do that yes. that fast. I know. And then the time it takes me to reply, she's hit like <laughs> six more and then it hits me with the mom with the question mark. I'm like, I'm trying. <laughs> Don't you see the three dots? Right. The three dots are there. Just give I'm me a second. <laughs> I can't figure out how to make that capital again. You know, there's all kinds of different individual things that come into all of this, all the communication, whether it's written, verbal, tech, all that stuff. And I think that's really what we want to talk about is there's some common things that we struggle with and there's also some common personal hacks or, you know, tips and tricks. Yeah. And, and why not just broaden the conversation? Why not just talk about the things that we haven't talked about? But I will add this. We committed as we put this conference together. It wasn't just going to be talking, that every piece of it was going to have an action you could do something you could apply right away. I love, that is so important. That is one of the things, if you were ever giving a talk, people, (laughs) all right? Mm And I mean, not necessarily TED Talks because there's different types of TED Talks, but a lot of talks require a call for action that is something people can actually do not like you know, not like, and you can start your own non-for-profit tomorrow. Right. That sounds really hard. (laughs) Right. You know, so it's, it's, yeah. Something you can leave and do. Mm-hmm. That is impactful. I think so. And I think for for folks who have gone to a lot of events about women in leadership, it, over time it starts to feel like you're just getting dragged down by the topic. Like we know we have a problem. How do right. we fix it? Right. We know that there's not, you know, equality here. How do we fix it? Right. And you can kind of just sort of stew in this like, yeah, I'm frustrated now. And so we want to break through the frustration and get to action and we're bringing together a lot of action-minded women, Very which cool. is just a recipe Perfect. for success right there. Yes, yeah. no kidding. 
It's so going to be so great. Excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, well, and so, and so for everybody out there, I mean, you know, my podcasts tend to be evergreen, but this is something that's going to happen annually. Mm-hmm. And then just us talking about these amazing people, look these people up. Yep. They have a lot to offer. Very successful women. Yes. Um, I mean, and just oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. So I went to SLU, right? Yeah, you know, and and I'm I'm excited that I get to go back there. And every time I I drive by SLU, I'm like, it looks so different than when I was here. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, even different. when I was there, you know, I have three degrees from SLU, and then I went out and did some work. Why not get back. some more? By the way, you I should get probably. <laughs> no, I should not. I should just focus on getting my kids some, like, I've, I tease them all. They're little baby Billikens. That's the, the mascot. It's the Billiken, right? Like, I just, now I just need to get you some slew degrees because I did my undergraduate, master's, and doctorate there. Nine years as a student. Oh, my gosh. And now you're back. You went, for, I, you left for a bit. And then, and then it just was controversial. Yes, it, you, it did. You are needed It here. was like this. Actually, I got a, a text from one of my colleagues from grad school and said, have you seen this job? This le- like sounds like it was written for you. I had not seen that job. And um, I text, or I, I sorry, I emailed um, somebody about it, you know, the contact person. And yep, we're still accepting applications for like two more days. So I saw it oh. the week it closed, like that week. Oh. Yeah. So when we talk about like, woo, meant to be. And uh, so I applied and, and you know, Got the job, of course. And it's just, it feels like coming home. I love SLU. I love just everything about so <laughs> what cool. SLU's about. Yeah. So it's really cool then to get to do this and to and to apply it my way, right? So I've got the SLU, the Jesuit kind of foundation, right. which is really just being people for, for and with others. Super yes. cool. Yes. Right? So we how do we make well. the world a better place, right? And then care and concern for the whole person. So when we're talking about these conferences and even classes, you know, we're talking about mind, body, spirit, the whole thing. You know, you are a whole being. So cool. You know, and I think other, you know, I mean, other colleges and universities are doing this as well. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, from Mickey looking at where does she want to go to school next, my daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, I I was like, this is so cool that you, you have access to mental health professionals that there's healthcare right there on campus. That I mean, so yeah. many things that didn't exist when I went to school way back when that are now in place. I'm so excited to see that we're doing that. Yes, yes. That we're thinking about the whole person. Absolutely. And we're thinking about the whole person, I'd say near and far, right? So each individual student who elects to become a part of, of SLU, I take on as, you know, this is somebody I want to make sure that you are balanced as a person. Right. You know, so that's, you know, there's academic rigor and then there's also making sure that that person is set up for success. Right. You know, and I love that we do both of those things. And we also under, you know, our mission and identity do a lot with societal impact, which then means I get to look at the whole world as people I can wrap my arms around. Um, I like to say SLU is not a gated community. We are in the middle of the city. Right. Right. We are a part of our community. Yes. We have plans to become even more a part of our community. And this conference is an example. It's not just students, alums, you know, or any of that. We're, it's anybody. It's for anybody. Because you have, let, let's talk about SLU Start. Yes. So SLU Start is a program that we do through the entrepreneurship arm of St. Louis University. Um, and you can go 
for two weekends and learn how to start a business. And it's for anybody in the community. There's no charge for it. You just get really great attention in a cohort setting, right? So you get to know. And if you have a business partner, say you and I wanted to start a business together, we could both go. Oh, One how, of us could go. Such a gr- right? It's such a great, it's fantastic. awesome to do. That, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Hello. Yeah, because we get to think about, you know, all current and future students, alums, faculty, and staff, and what sets them up for success. So right. even if you are not a SLU grad or have any affiliation with SLU, if you're going to start a business in St. Louis, you might employ some of our students. Yes. Right? So it's a, just, it's a big part of this community, of this ecosystem. And if we can think about it that way, everybody's a part of our community. Everybody is a Billiken in some way. And so you're all invited, you know, and I love that. And I love that we have our new dean, Barnali Gupta. She is amazing. Um, really focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Yeah, right. Because that's how, I mean, one of the things that I've always thought about with that is, you know, when there's people that are like, I don't like diversity, um, I think well, you're just really missing out then because other people are so interesting mm-hmm. and how other, you know, other people, whoever they may be or whatever they look like or wherever they're from, they're, they have their own way that they were brought up, Mm -hmm. you know, within families, there's different things that go on that are, you know, like my family was cool with this. My family wasn't cool with that. You Mm -hmm. know, that sort of these different brains can bring different perspectives to the table, which just help you grow and help you think about things differently. To me, that's way fun for your brain. Yes, absolutely. So one of so one of my role one of my roles <laughs> at St. Louis and University. The other thing I do, <laughs> I get to be right now I'm the interim director of the Emerson Leadership Institute, which is the entity that's putting on this conference right. within the business school. And we are focused on three pillars. Ethical leadership. So really grew out of this ethical uh, leadership and ethical business component. Creativity and innovation and societal impact. So those are our three big areas of focus. Nice. So when you look at across all of them, but if you focus in on that creativity and innovation piece, that with our entrepreneurship program, we know that better ideas come from diverse thinking. Yep. We know that. We've seen it in the research, right? So inviting that part into the conversation to make sure we've got all kinds of different angles, all kinds of different backgrounds, all kinds of different contexts even, and even limitations, Right. So some something that might be easy for you to do to do might be hard for me to do for various right. reasons. Right. But we won't know that unless we get in the same room and we talk it out. So that's the beauty of embracing diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Yes. Belonging is so important. Oh my gosh. And there are right now, I feel like I, there's there's a lot of loneliness out there mm. do, because of COVID, mm-hmm. because of, you know, people feeling so sheltered. Right. Um, I keep bumping up against people that feel really lonely, and it, and I'm and I'm like, gosh, this, no, we don't want loneliness. No, no. And so community is important, and feeling like you belong to that community, community even more important. So yes, yes, I love what Slu is doing. Proud of Slu. Yay. Proud to say. I- I, and I was a Billiken cheerleader. Did I tell you that? You did not tell me that. <laughs> we have to talk about this. Isn't that hilarious? You were a Billiken cheerleader. Can you even imagine? Yeah. Um, okay, so basketball games, I'm guessing. Basketball because games basketball. back when it was at Keel, right? 
So yeah, Keel Auditorium. Uh, don't even ask me. My memory is not great, this but I was just yeah. It this was is information I did not have about you. Very different cheerleading to what you see now, right? So like by the time my daughter got into competitive cheer, and she's like, "Did you do this?" I'm like, "Oh, oh God, no, I did." <laughs> Nope, nope, I didn't have to do that, you oh know, because it's become crazy athletic. Oh, yeah. I mean, not to say we weren't athletes. I mean, we could do things, but like now, I mean, yeah. I couldn't do 27 backflips oh. in a row and then, you yeah. know, magically land at the top of someone's hand. Just, the just end, one person. You know? Yeah, up one person's go, hand up. Know? Yeah. No. Woo, you know. Absolutely. So. No, it's 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 like a very dangerous sport, cheerleading. It, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. You better get a chiropractor. Involved. Yes. Let me just tell you that. Yes. So I have questions. Of course. All right. Well, my first one, I, because I did not even know the official name of, I always say Shafitz, but who is Shafitz? Shafitz. Who is this man? <laughs> Richard Shafitz. He, his name is on our school. I guess he has um, supported St. Louis University, specifically the business school. His name's around campus, a couple other areas. Um, really dedicated to the mission and the vision of the school and of the university and um, and has provided resources for us to be able to do all these cool things that we are um, wanting to do. So a really wonderful family, the Chaffetz family. Um, we're just extremely um, proud to be able to, to produce what we do right. right, and we could not do that without folks like the Shafitz family and Richard Shafitz. Need that so, so thank you, yeah. Shafitz. Yes. Thank you, Mr. Shafitz and family. <laughs> um, we appreciate <laughs> this. this is, we, yeah, but that's what you need. You right. need people that are willing to support that kind of thing. Yes. All right. So I I want you to brag on mom. Okay. Because your mom, we had this discussion the other day, and I was like. Okay, oh, highly educated Trisha Bagsby who's got degrees, <laughs> you know, and you're like, oh, so does my mom. But my mom didn't start until, so mm -hmm. my go mom's mom. Awesome. I know, she's amazing. I want, I want you to tell people about your mom. Okay, my mom, Jan Johnson. Um, she is Dr. Jan Johnson. Dan, Jan Probably Johnson, doctor, I should say. Probably doctor, 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 doctor at this point. <laughs> <laughs> if you got to be called master for every master's degree, she would be like master, master, master doctor. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, but she is, well, she's the reason why I got to go to SLU, right? Instilling this idea I was sharing with you the other day. It wasn't a question of if I was going to go to college, but that I was going to, you know, it so was where. Just where. Right. right. Uh, and because from the, from I can remember being tiny, tiny and her saying, well, there's, you know, you'll do this, then you'll go to high school and then you'll go to college and then you'll figure out you know, from there. Like there, it was said this as if it path. was just, this is what you're doing. So that was really great. Um, and as I grew up and I realized, I'm like, well, but you didn't go to college. You know, what's the story there? Well, you know, she had always wanted to, always wanted to. She's the oldest of nine kids. Um, her dad died when she was 16. So if you can imagine, you yeah. know, now you've got these siblings and, you know, your mom trying to hold this all together. And they were in Air Force. So um, he, was in, he was in the Air Force. So they were traveling all around. So right. we're talking about, you know, moving nine kids all around town, right? So she then wow. went into sort of, you know, support second parent mode. Um, and then, you know, through early life, met my dad, had four kids. Right. So then went straight to mom mode. Right. And I tease her like she never lived by herself. <laughs> like she right. went from yeah, this no crazy busy house to having kids and um, and doing all this stuff and then really focused on us. 
you know, she really, it was, it was my three sisters, my mom and I, uh, growing up, you know, and she worked really hard to make sure that we could go to really good schools. You know, she was sending us to private school for grade school. We did not have private school for grade school money, but we did have a mom who would show up for recess duty and lunch duty. And she was our computer teacher. Hey, (laughs) see, well, she knows technology. She's into it. Yes. This is one of my mom's entrepreneurial spirits started there. I think she um, didn't know technology, but she read a book about a computer and then figured out how. I love that. (laughs) Right. She did the same thing with coach. She coached every sport. So we had to try it at least once and I'm not athletic. So let me tell you, that was not my favorite, (laughs) but she coached my sister's volleyball team and took them to the regional whatever. And how did she learn how to coach volleyball? Because she didn't play it. She read a book. She read a book. Right. I love that. So this is my mom. Like, she's going to do something. Don't know how to do it. I'll read the book. I'll do it. And she just tried stuff. And then she would tell us, if you're not sure, figure out what you need to know and just try it. Just go. Just Just, try it. I used to um, complain all the time. My mom's favorite game was, have you met my daughter? My mom's very social, very, very social. So we would go anywhere. Everybody knows my mom. And she'd be talking and I'd walk over for something. You know, I want a dollar for a soda or something. And she'd look at me and I could see it in her face. She's going to do it. I walk a little closer and she says, oh, have you met my daughter, Trisha? And it was like, <laughs> boom, you're on. You know, and she really put a lot of my um, motivation and skill sets in place early because of that. I had to figure out how to like think on my feet, you know, I had to figure out how to put myself in uncomfortable but situations. And how to talk to adults. And, and how, that yes. is a really important skill set that Agreed. a lot of kids are not growing up with. And the only reason why I know it is because oftentimes adults would ask me what I did to Mickey because Mickey knew how to talk to adults. Yes. I'm like, um, I just made her talk to them. Just had her had her around <laughs> like, them. Yeah. Right. And she just needed to be social yes. and talk and like have conversations. Oh, yes. You know? Oh, yes. I, I have taken this on and do this to my children. Have you met my daughter? Have it's, you met my son? But you know what? They and need and it. how many kids do you have, Trisha? Four. There you go. Yes. <laughs> I have a I have a little parade everywhere we go, right? <laughs> and, and those four people need to know how to exist in the world and not only exist, but how to be successful. Right. So thinking back, like, you know, you can look at these points and you're like, how do I, how did I get here? Right. Moments of reflection. The things that really drove me crazy as a kid were the things that really led to a lot of how I think I'm successful today. And so as I went on, I got into the school I wanted to go to. I did all these things a lot because... Of mom, mom, and, and, how, and mom has mom four masters. Did mom you say? now has three masters. Three so masters. she went back to she went to school when I was doing my undergrad. So I, I was telling people I was the first one to graduate, but really my mom graduated a, a week before me. Oh, so, well, there. So she, she kind of there, stole that so. from me, but um, <laughs> but she did, and then she didn't stop. She continued, and she got um, masters in computer something or other. Right. This is terrible. I'm not going to remember all That's of okay. Um, a master's in uh, religious studies and then a master at MBA. And then she wasn't done because when she was little, she always thought she could be Dr. Rasmussen. Is her right. name. Right. So she thought, wouldn't that be cool? Well, you know, that, that feeling, that gnawing feeling when you're not done with right. something. So she had that. Um, and a couple years ago decided, hey, I'm going to jump into this new EDD 
this new doctorate of education program and did it. And she just graduated over the summer. And now she's, my kids call her Dr. Oma. <laughs> they call her Oma. Um, but it's great because this is like the, the person who figured it out. Right. And Every reason. that never gave up on what right. she really wanted to do, which I yes. think is amazing. Every reason in the world to not be able to go do these things and every, uh, you know, a lot of things stacked against her and against us. Right. But figured out that way to navigate around it and she did it and she's doing great stuff. And then she did some really cool research. I have to tell you, she's going to have some of her research at the conference. So oh, if anybody really? wants to come meet my mom, yes, oh, well, I get to meet you mom. get to meet mom. So she did her, um, her uh, dissertation on the impact, it's lived experiences and impact of mentorship on women in higher education um, leadership roles. So very you know, cool. What did for for Dean so and so or Vice President so and so at unit in university settings? What was their experience with mentorship, or what did what were the barriers that they have? Right. So she talks about the glass glass ceilings and the glass cliff, which I didn't even know was a thing till she taught me this. Did you do you know what this I, is? No. So glass cliff is a phenomenon that we're seeing um, where women. Glass ceiling, women aren't right. promoted up through certain levels of leadership. Glass cliff is the tendency for some organizations that when they are struggling and they know it's going to be a hard time to turn it around, suddenly uh, a female leader is Off put the into place. with you. Right. So essentially oh. you go over the cliff with the business and then it's anecdotally evidence to say, oh, look, that woman couldn't lead that business. The business wasn't healthy or couldn't be saved to begin oh, with. Oh, gosh. So this is something that we're seeing more and more. Scapegoating right mm -hmm. there, yeah. Yes, and now we have a term for it. And what's great about terms, I know people don't love labeling everything, but what's great about terms is when we have one, now we can talk about it. Well, it gets in your awareness, right? Yes. So now it's in my awareness, yes. and it's something I think about, and, I'm, I, and now I notice it when yes. I see it. And it's not just me. Right. If it has a term, that means it happened to at least two people. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. Yes, right. Not just me. Right. There's, there's, there's a feeling of okay, I'm not the only one that experienced right. this. Because sometimes you do feel like, does this, does this happen to anyone else? Why is this happening? Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. And that silences us too, right? Uh, when we have that feeling, and this goes back to the importance of community. When we have that feeling that we're the only one, it's very easy, especially for women, to say, well, this is just me, or this is just my burden, or I just haven't figured it out. Right. And right. the power of community and getting everybody talking about these things like, oh. And transparency. Yes. Talk about it. Talk, talk about, about it. it. It's amazing when you when you talk about something that you're maybe you're afraid to say or mm -hmm. you're like, is this okay? Or, you know, yeah. it's amazing how the information comes back is like, oh, yeah, no, that's that's that happens. And here's why. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, thank you. I, I just yes. didn't know. I, I thought maybe something was wrong with me. Right. You Isn't know? that funny how we do that? Something must be wrong with me. Yes. Not the situation or the context or other people. We tend to turn inward. Well, and which just let me tell you, more. even if it's not on the internet, mm -hmm. it could be something that still is just not being talked about. Because right. I am astonished at how many times I'm look, trying to look something. All right. Women in menopause. I won't go there, but I will just tell you that there is not enough information out yeah. there. You kind of feel like, is this okay? Is that okay? Is this is this normal? You know, it, right. and 
and then you'll like talk to other women and doctors and find out, oh yeah. And I'm like, why the hell isn't this out there? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Why the hell aren't more people talking about this? So just because it's on the internet, not on the internet doesn't mean it isn't a for real thing that other people are experiencing. Right, right. There is just been this stigma of female health. Right. You know, there's a lot of things we don't talk about or a lot of things that we make taboo. Right. So that it's, you know, like, shh, don't talk about don't it. Don't talk about it. Right. Oh, my gosh. Like, but, you uh, know, you know how many of us there are? Like, yeah, we should be talking about We should about talk this. about it. <laughs> yeah. Get around. Yeah. Get, gather the gals and just talk it out. Yeah. You know, gather the gals that you, you trust and love. Right. Right. So. Right. Because we don't want people isolated. No. We don't want people suffering in silence. Right. And there are groups of women. And we've started to talk about some of these things. So one of the other speakers is a founder of a tech company. Megan Gaffney, mm-hmm. she founded Vita Data, and she is a wonderful person to talk to about female leadership in tech. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, right. And right. so we have started hearing more um, about the struggles of women, you know, in that industry, or how do women progress in that industry, and that sort of thing. But it's because of women like. Megan, who will come talk and about it. And that's another big subject. Yeah. And then you've got Tamika. Tamika Mitchell. She is, oh, so can I talk about Tamika a little yes. bit? Yes. Okay. So Tamika is our inaugural expert in residence at the Emerson Leadership Institute. And that's a new program that we have launched. Very cool. It's very, very cool because what we're looking for are people who have applied the things we're teaching in theory, right? And we want people who are doing it in practice and doing it well to come talk to our students and be available for developing projects and things like that. So Tamika Mitchell is a SLU grad, woohoo, and she <laughs> is our diversity, equity, inclusion expert in residence. Awesome. And yeah, she's amazing. She's going to do one of our breakout um, sessions, and um, it, and she really focuses on financial literacy. So one of the ways that we can really support people is to teach them early. That sort of literacy is so needed earlier than I think a lot of us know. Yes. Right. Yeah. And she has um, been working on this topic for a number of years, and she's on uh, one of the boards of Junior Achievement, if you know that organization. I love Junior Achievement. Very Uh, cool. Yeah, very cool. And so Tamika is, um, she's a wonderful person and she's got this wealth of knowledge to share with us. And so I'm so grateful she's with us. It's an amazing lineup. So yeah. April 8th. April 8th. April 8th. All day. Yep. All day long. Yep. You're, yes, you're, you're going to hear presentations, but you also get to participate. That's so right. there's a lot of cool that's right. stuff that's going to happen there. You're going to yeah. leave and be like, heard. Yes. Right? Yes. You are going to be heard. You are going to be heard. <laughs> and for uh, tickets, we're going to have 125 tickets in person. Okay. But it is going to be a hybrid event. Nice. All right. So if you don't, aren't, you aren't local, if you aren't comfortable being around 125 people in April, who knows, right? right. Where people's comfort exactly. zones are, um, you'll be able to attend virtually. I love it. Um, and we're also, by the way, another cool thing, um, our swag bag, we are featuring women-owned businesses love in that. our swag, right? So All we right. are... Our printing is done by a woman-owned business. It's local woman-owned business. You know, it is um, really a celebration as much as it is a community builder and a knowledge builder and an application space. You know, this is going to be a really fun day. And that's and that's the kindness that Trisha and team are bringing to our community. So thank you. Oh, we are happy to do it. It really is every day a joy. 
Awesome. Thank you, Trisha. Thanks, for Mitch. coming to talk about it. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it too. And also, if people just want to come see you, you'll be there all day. Oh, yeah. Watch me just come MC. That's worth the price. It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I, well, thank I think you. So. I'm excited. It'll be fun. <laughs> um, I am like crazy honored that I get to be a part. So thank you. Thank you. All right. Everybody out there, you are listening to Mishmash and go spread kindness, right? That's what we're all about. Spread that kindness. Love you. Bye.